And we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code HBSports to get 20% off your order. Remember, gentlemen, it's the little things that get you ahead in this life. They've sent some ball hair trimmers over to us here at the studio at High Button Sports. I use it every morning. I walk out the door with a fresh set of balls. That's how you get ahead in life, I'm telling you. Okay, It's the little details. Remember, use the promo code HBSports to get 20% off your order. Go to the website right now, manscaped.com. And it's companies like Manscaped, too, that allow High Button Sports to run during a pandemic. So big shout-out to Manscaped for, for helping us financially and, and believing in us, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah, big shout-out to them. Remember, use the promo code HBSports. Go to the website, manscaped.com. All right? So today on the High Button Podcast, we have Sheldon McLeod. I remember once I told my dad, I said, Dad, I don't really like to you know, read the newspaper. I don't really like to watch the news. And he said to me, all right, well, just listen to Sheldon McLeod. Uh, and that was probably when I was 15, 16, maybe 17 years old. Uh, right now I'm 28 years old, and I remember still listening to him all the way up until last week when he was done at News 95.7. Uh, I was on my way out to Bridgewater, where I believe he's from, actually. I was driving out there to go to my cottage, and I was listening to his last show. And, uh, you know, it was just great to see a guy make a name for himself in the radio industry from this part of the world. It gives guys like me not hope, but... You know, it gives me something to look forward to. It gives me a little inspiration. Even though we're not in the radio business, we're in the podcast business. Still, every day he's talking into a microphone, giving his opinions, talking to guests. Um, so I was honored when he said that he would come on this podcast. I'm pretty sure this actually, this might be his first broadcast uh, or his first, I don't know, appearance uh, since leaving the radio station. So that's, you know, that, that's awesome. I'm excited to talk to him. I'm excited to talk about his life outside of radio. And I guess this is going to be the first time that in a while he is getting interviewed. He's not doing the interviewing, I think. You know, I don't really consider this to be an interview. It's just a chat and see what's up. Good guy. All right. So here's the podcast. Myself, I'm Justin. Dudes is going to be here. We're talking to Sheldon McLeod. We hope that you guys enjoy. You know what comes next. Well, let me start that over. You know what comes next. Here we go. All right, Sheldon, Mr. McLeod, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for uh, inviting me, guys. Oh, appreciate this. I couldn't believe. I, I was when you responded. I was like, "Wow, you, you responded quick. You were like 30 minutes. You gave us a respond, and then the next thing you know, we're on our Google schedule." Yeah. And I'm like, "All right, Sheldon McLeod." As long as it's not about sports, I'll be fine. Oh, geez. sports goes sports, man. What sports? We honestly we don't really know too much about sports either. We just look at it and go, "That's good." All right, there's we'll none on right now, anyways. Uh, there's truth to that. There's right football, now. I guess. Sorry yeah. for all the football enthusiasts. Sports. Yeah. Pandemic sports, man. What a weird world. Oh, it's strange times. Very strange. How does this feel right now? Uh, this is uh, a great spot you got here, though. Oh, this is okay. really cool. I've been um, checking out a few of the other people who are podcasting, kind of getting a sense of what's going on in this world that everybody says I need to get into. Yeah. Well, I was listening to one of your last interviews there with uh, name bl- name blank here, J Rock. Jonathan, Jonathan Torrance. Yeah, I was on my I'm way out to Bridgewater. I was on the way out to the cottage. Me and my mom we were listening to it, and he, yeah. he, he kept talking. He's a sweetheart. About it. He's just a sweetheart. He is. Have you ever yeah. met him in real life? I haven't like you know hung out with him, but I've been in his presence, shook his hand his, a couple his, times. His but... Twitter, I love his Twitter presence. It's Everything fantastic. about him uh, in this pandemic has been awesome. Um, little known fact, he was the one that kind of organized that Nova Scotia Strong event. He did not want anybody to take 
it for granted that he was behind this. He didn't want any credit for it. He just wanted the people he put in charge to take over. And uh, but he made that happen. Anonymous. He, he he did it from behind the scenes because everybody said he knows he knows what he's doing. He's TV's Jonathan, <laughs> and to put together a, you know a tribute to you know these people who'd lost their lives. Mm. I mean, I think he's been living the the positivity from that, just trying yeah. to be be real. Well, it's funny where where most people would have you know had their first encounter with. J-Rock or Jonathan, right? So mm-hmm. he started out as like, what, a, a rapper and a trailer park boy. So like from our point of view, that's we were big into that. So that's how we remember him. So to see him, you know, almost completely different person, because obviously he's not that person in real life. Wow. Very I, talented. So talented. Right? But it's like in your head, it's hard to imagine him any other way, right? But it's, it's good that he's like that because everybody loves him. I'm an old fart. He was on Street Sense when I was a kid. Right. When he was a kid. But that's a whole different world. Street sense. Okay, I forgot. So you know, I'm going to be embarrassed when I ask this question. But what's street sense? Is it, that a bad it, look? If I'm no, no, that? no. It was okay. a CBC production out of Halifax, and it was about kids and money, and you know there were characters, recurring characters, and kids segments, and you know fit for the pit was one of the things. Was, was that he, his first gig? I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking that's where he first got his uh, his feet wet in the industry, and it kind of grew from there. I'd say it did. I love little stories like that, like where you first start. There's something about a starting out in this industry that I mm. love because, one, the money's not there, so you're doing it for the love, and the, the passion's <laughs> there. You're driving. You're, you're doing everything to like oh, get a sure. start for it. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about that. Staying in it's even harder. <laughs> starting to learn that the hard <laughs> way. But yeah. So what was your first taste in the industry then? What uh, was your first shot? It, my first gig, I was uh, out of high school not knowing what the hell I wanted to do with my life. So uh, like many of the people at the time, I went out west, right. went into Saskatchewan. I had a job working at a, a fire extinguisher company, driving around all day, inspecting and delivering his fire extinguishers. What? And then I left that job for another job. There was a story behind why I left that one. Uh, <laughs> delivering light bulbs and electrical equipment. And so all day I was in a company truck listening to the radio. And Peter Zosky would be on the air talking to people about their lives and their stories. And I thought, well, that'd be a pretty good gig. Right. If only, if only. So I went to a broadcast school in Regina. I don't even know. They don't even exist anymore. One of these, you know, hey, we'll get you into the industry more than anything else. It's about connections. I was just going to say that. So I got to Estevan, Saskatchewan. That was my first real job. Um, I was in Melfort for an internship, but Estevan was my first paid gig. The program director... Uh, he had a, uh, he was promoted at the same time I was hired. So when his six-month probation ended, uh, he got bumped back on air. So okay. I got shifted. So I'm in Regina, where my mom was, saying, well, I might as well go back out, out west. I got friends unemployed in Nova Scotia. Might as well go over there. <laughs> and then I started, um, because I don't, hey, back in the day, you sent tapes and resumes. That's how old school went. And people get a sense of who you were. So um, I looked up the program director at uh, CKEC. And he said, I can hire you weekends, fill in. I was doing overnights and evenings, like physically working overnight at a radio station, playing records. Like the, the vinyl? R- like records. That's records. when, that was 1989. And that's when I met uh, Jay Dudley. I was, I was going to ask you how you even got tangled up with that fellow. Yeah, well, he was on the air in the newsroom right. at CKEC. Uh, he'd been hired after he'd left broadcast school and i think he went to toronto uh, i think yeah in, in somewhere in ontario uh so he and i swapped at one point uh by swapped i mean he ended up working on air and i went into the newsroom <laughs> and that's kind of how i ended on the path ended up on the path i'd hid and he ended up on a totally different path yes he did and then we both ended up working talk radio so go figure yeah 
They, what do they? What did I, my old man used to say to him all the time? He has a face for radio. <laughs> so I don't know if that runs in the family or not. But well, I can say I, for a little while was I was I was Doodle B. He was Doodle A. I was Doodle B. That's still that's that that's a thing. That's still kicking that's around. Still kicking around, man. Yeah. It is. If you get it wrong too, they get pissed off. <laughs> they do for sure. I don't assume anything in life anymore. I'll just go where they push me. So how did how would you have Jay like if you swapped jobs and you run into each other? How would you guys have been like? Tight enough to be, you know, best men at weddings is what I'm told. Uh, we were, we ended up getting an apartment together. No way. Yeah. Where at? So, uh, Trent, Trenton. So we spent, uh, I think that was almost a year, uh, almost a year in Trenton. And uh, so he then left to be married and went to move in with Sherry. Right. And then uh, I ended up leaving that place because I got married the next spring or the next summer. And uh, then I was out of radio for uh, about a year and a half, two years, and then ended up back in Truro where Jay was working in the mornings. So, uh, and then I left Truro to be hired in, in Bridgewater, and that brought me to the South Shore. And then that job lasted 10 years, and then I started working wow. back in Halifax. Uh, I got a few phone calls from friends who say, hey, you know, we can't give you a full-time gig, but we can help keep the keep the fire burning. Yeah. So a couple of weekend shifts, and then I got hired at News 95.7, and left there to go to Q104. It was Cool FM at the time and in a support cool. role in the newsroom. Got to work with the mighty BJ Burke and of course with Bobby Mack and the team there. And then uh, they called me up at Rogers and said, hey, listen, um, we need somebody to fill in when Raquel goes on vacation. It's just two weeks in the summer, but you can work in the newsroom up until then. I thought, well, shit, two weeks. I, anybody can do anything they hate for two weeks. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I'll like it or not. So That's I tried a good way it. to do it. So I tried it, and then it was, uh, hey, we want to put a show on the air. How would you like your own show? I said, great, sure. When? Uh, it starts Tuesday. starts, you know, awesome. after the Labor Day uh, in uh, 2014. Had no idea it would last six years. Wow. And that's where we are today. That was last week, the last show. So how fast, did you do the full two weeks, or did you do more than that before they hired you on? Uh, no, just the two weeks. And then so, they were just like, boom, your own show, buddy. Yeah, pretty much. And yep. here we are, like you said. And here we are. It's kind of weird listening to you I know, in, I'm the, trying to, yeah, in the I mic, because yeah. I drive a truck for a living, and it's that's what I listen to is talk radio, right? I want to be smarter, right? At the end of the day, you want to learn stuff. Absolutely. But it's just like, it's the exact same voice coming through. So if you see me looking at you, just blank stare, it's because I'm in my own world hey, there for a second. I had exactly the same <laughs> conversation, which is what everybody ever worked with in the business. We all do the same, whether we've been in it for a few weeks or a few months, you hear someone and you get a picture in your head, here's what they look like. Yeah. So, that is yeah. true. Yeah. It's, it's just human nature, I think. And, uh, you know, with the cameras, you know, they had... 10 pounds. How many cameras you got here? Because I feel about 30 pounds. We got three. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if all of them work, but how, are they all working still? Some of them are just for show. Yeah, I know. It makes it look <laughs> better for the pictures and stuff. That's all good, man. Uh, when, when you first get your own uh, your own full-time talk show, mm. any lessons that you learned early on in your career? Uh, yeah, all of them. And I, lo I learned them by screwing it up. Just not knowing. I mean, it really was. What do you mean not knowing? Not, not knowing what? what to do or how to do it. And, and uh, You just ask why. No, just no. Ask quite, like, well, but, but who do you ask? Seriously, it's your name's on it. You are the one, it's you're live. the product, and it's live radio. Yeah. It is live. This is recorded. I feel a little bit more comfortable knowing Yeah, but we're recorded. live in the room right now, so this is real. As real as if it was being, you know, boomed yeah. out on a transmitter. The only difference is nobody's sitting in their truck listening to us today. That's right. Uh, so, mistakes. You make mistakes based on, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to try my best. You have people who, for, you know, whatever reason, with good intentions, give you advice. Some of the advice I got, I didn't really want to listen to. Some of it I did. Some of it I just ignored. Somebody who said, you need to make, you need to have an opinion and never sway from it. It's like, okay, but who are those people in your life? Somebody who never bends from their opinion. Hmm. 
they're the people that you go, you're either an idiot mm-hmm. or I trust you implicitly. <laughs> How the hell do I know everything? I don't. So there are going to be things like I'm going to have to unlearn or, or find a different way to see it. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, if I don't believe in that. So if I, if I have to change my opinion, I will. The other thing was, uh, hey, buck up. Everybody gets better. <laughs> Thanks for your encouragement. That's great advice. <laughs> That's great advice. It Thanks works in me. all scenarios. Yeah. It's, eventually you won't suck is how I heard that. So did you ever get in trouble for like, because it was, you all, you've always done the Sheldon McLeod show, right? Just pure. Yep. So like, I just don't, I can't understand how you bite your tongue for so long. Like people just call in and it's just, it's like, I definitely wouldn't be able to do it. I just, you a, you how do you do that? Demeanor. I, when people call in and they're hilarious and I'm sitting in the car laughing, you're just, you know, you get a couple giggles in there and then you're back to yep. Sheldon McLeod. It's just, it's the type of person who calls into a talk radio show. Have you ever done it? I've tried, but I could never get through. Have you done it? I called you once, and you and then you went ding oh, with the last name because yeah, well, you had to tell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to, but I caught it. Yeah. Uh, some people, some people make sense, and they just don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. Some people make no sense, but they think they are Winston Churchill, and they're giving <laughs> you the gospel. And other people, they're just. You think they're just pulling your chain. There are people who would call up just to pull my chain. And I've I've found that the best way to deal with that was to just play along, let them play out whatever little scenario they have, and I'll leave it up to you guys listening. I'll leave it up to the people listening. (laughs) I don't have to say it. You guys are thinking it. Why do I don't have to say it? And that I don't embarrass anybody. A couple of times I had to shut people down. So is that you? Do you do that? Like yeah, is someone in your ear going, okay, Sheldon? No, that's so, me. No, that's me. So you're, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, the producer's role essentially is an operator. You know, it's pushing the buttons and, okay. and making sure everything's on the air and screening the calls when they come in so I know who they are, you know, first name yeah. and right. what it is that they're calling for, what it is they want to say. And someone just hands you like a piece of paper, like, okay, this is Billy Bob. He's no, it's a from... screen on, on a computer. Buddy, this is, it's 2020. You know that, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Mark never hands me a piece of paper. Nothing's on a screen for us. I don't know how that side of the game works. Yep. No, it's, it's uh, pretty amazing that when uh, I was working from home, I had remote access to the same computer, so I was still putting people on the air yeah. from my living room. That's pretty cool. Live That's through great. a transmitter over the air. Do you yeah. prefer to be in the studio? I was going to say, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, this is a whole lot different. This environment of being, you know, face to face with humans, yeah. um, and I really missed that in the last eight months of the show because of the the protocols is like no we can't let people into the studio right. we can't let people into the the building because there are people deemed essential and we can't put them at risk it's that simple you know and it's a pretty big company and it's a pretty big company that makes the rules for the whole company so yeah. even though we had zero cases in nova scotia the rules applied in bc and vancouver and calgary so it's the best way to do it at the time i guess you know <sighs> the different rules for different you know who yeah, likes you that have to. what are you gonna do with that? that's yeah you know tell them no well, yeah, just start bringing show, people you have to in. Keep the show going. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of conversations over the phone. You know, they can go just as well, but yeah. you miss it on some nonverbal cues. Yeah. You, know, you can tell when somebody's not engaged, and it forced well, me to not be staring at a screen while somebody's talking. Yeah, there's something about the in-person to computer that I, I you know, we had a couple Zoom calls over this break, and yeah. not that they weren't great interviews. I it's just it's hard for me to get engaged almost because there's almost a delay in yeah. time and when they respond for me to respond. I don't know, there's something about in person that's just above and beyond. It's human. It's human nature. This is all this is. Every single bit of this is about communicating with another person. Mm. Um, one of the things that I, I felt I did well, and it was something that you know I did learn early on, is that it's not. There's not a thousand people listening to you. There's one person a thousand times. 
it's it's personal. Okay. It's one to one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm talking to you, right. and I can be talking to you at home. You're listening to this, and you're going, "Okay, this guy's either full of shit or he knows what he's talking about." It's that interaction that ended up at one point. I had someone once sent me a note and said, "How do you know I'm listening?" Sent me an email, <laughs> and, and it literally said, "How do you know I'm listening?" And I'm like, "I have no idea what you mean. I don't. I don't understand the question." And and I said, "Well." Because you sent me this email, that yeah, it was the essential. Hey, I really thank you for listening today. Yeah. But what this person took from it was, well, that I was speaking directly to them, that I was somehow, kn- I knew that they were listening that day. Yeah. When you think about it, it's <laughs> kind of stupid that somebody feels that way. But or yeah. you can look at it as though I'm doing my job. Absolutely, I'm connecting. You have them so engaged that he just assumes that you know that he's listening. <laughs> Right, it, it it sounds ridiculous. It does, it really does. But th- that's what radio is. You know, when when Howard Stern is interviewing somebody, he's talking to them. But when he's not talking to them, he's talking to you. That's what he's doing. He's 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 communicating his message yeah. to you. That's that's as simple. That as guy's it is. probably pissed. You're not on the radio now. Uh, well, that uh, that person's yeah yeah a little bit upset. I saw on your, I saw on your Twitter feed you posted a picture and it said "Go home" on your dashboard. What, oh. was, that, what was that about? Um, that was uh, uh, some joke that some guy did. Like you worked with, or just like a... no, no. It's a, <laughs> I I don't want to get too much oxygen. Am I to bringing him. something up I shouldn't be bringing up? No, no, okay. no, no. He's uh, the person. He's quite a well-known troll on on the internet. Nice, nah, on, one on, of those. He's one of those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anonymous for the most part, and uh, he did it as a joke and. You know, I kind of acknowledged it as a joke, and then it kind of blew up. Uh, so it kind of, he remains, you know, he, he remains nameless on other platforms just because. <laughs> Didn't want to give him too much oxygen. No. <laughs> yeah. Let him sleep. Well, yeah. I was like, how does he know your car? I was like, oh, this guy's stalking you or something. Well, like, you, you know, you? that kind of occurred I'd be, to me too. But, I'd yeah. be creeped out by it. Yeah. And the only other thing he did is, uh, I own one hockey jersey. Actually, I don't own it anymore. What was it? Uh, it was uh, a Russian goaltender's jersey, and I think it was a dig about me being a socialist or a communist of some sort. But it was his little idea of a joke. Hey, the guy bought me a sweater. Do you know who? <laughs> I think I remember you. Yeah, you yeah. saying this because I think you said this, that just went. Oh, I was like, oh, wait a minute, I've heard this before. Yeah, yeah that's the story that uh, you know. And Did you know who the goalie was or what team? Oh, it was uh, the the Russia Canada series. It was okay. uh, Trechak. So, oh yeah, I mean it's a big deal. It, it, Shit, it's a nice jersey. It, it was, and it, it fits. It's, it's size, great big fat white guy. <laughs> so we're at a Christmas party. It's great. Yeah, exactly. You don't have it anymore. I forgot it at the office when I left because no. I, I stopped. I, yeah, I stuck it up overhead. And I, I'll go get it for you. <laughs> I will. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll they'll lend it. Uh, they'll let me at least drive by and get stuff. So they have it hanging in the window so you can see it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I had a cool question about. Commercial breaks. Yeah. You ever get frustrated with them when you're in a conversation, it's going really well, but ah, now we got to It's a flow. It's a flow. You no. fine with it? Yeah, it's a flow. It's Are part of the business. Same time all. Gives you an out. Gives me a, a bit of a break. It gives me a chance to recollect, you know, collect my thoughts. And, and sometimes if it's uh, if it's in the middle of an interview, you know, I'll just leave it as a, a teaser. You know, that's, that's what you guys don't have to worry about. You don't yeah. have to worry about, you know, stopping down because, well... That's where the money comes from in radio. Yeah, right. It's free to own a radio. It's free to listen to the radio. It's the advertisers who want your time and attention. True. Yeah. Well, no, that's one thing I remember, like, listening on the way up to Bridgewater. Where are you from, by the way? Where I you... live outside of Bridgewater, Hebs Cross. Is that close to Pond Hook Lake? Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's up in uh, Greenfield. Greenfield. Yeah. It's How only far? so far away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bridgewater's only Overland. so far. Where, where were you born, though, sorry? I was born in Halifax. Okay. Lived in Halifax uh, back and forth between here and Saskatchewan. 
my parents split up when when I was five, six years old. So outside, yeah. like uh, when you were a kid, outside of uh, radio and everything, what did you do for for fun, for for an activity? Man, it was the seventies. We we did everything we could get away with. Anything paved the way for the rest of us. Yeah, that's what they know, did. Yeah, Bicycles point. with no helmets. <laughs> what a rush! All eh? the all the rough stuff. Yeah. yeah. What neighborhood? Oh shit! Uh, I was in Saskatchewan for my middle elementary years, okay. and, and that was in Regina, Saskatchewan, the east end of of that city. And uh, again, back and forth between there and Nova Scotia, where my father was living. So, yeah. uh, we I moved back uh, 1985, and then finished high school here. Went back out west, as I said, and then landed back in Nova Scotia. What, in high, what high school? In here. Uh, west Picto District High School. In west Picto. Picto. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go Wildcats. Wildcats. That's a sick name. I'm, go ahead. I'm trying to think of uh, hockey players from Saskatchewan back in the 70s growing up. Oh, um, like I know there's some big boys that grew up on the farm out there that played in like Edmonton, maybe with Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah there's a, there was a, a whole crop of them from out west, man. Well, Saskatchewan. That, well, just out west hockey back in the day. I remember watching highlights of the WHL or even just like Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Some the of those games just and... insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah. Do you ever go to any games out there when you lived? Uh, not, you ever see like Gretzky play? No, 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 no I never did. No. So now, once in your childhood, did you consider like, oh, maybe I'd like to go on the radio? Um, it, it was in the back of my mind, a little bit of, uh, hey, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, I remember as a kid listening to the radio intently, you know, taping right. songs off the radio because that's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, even contests, that kind of stuff, kind of getting excited about just, wow, it's a whole other world. And, of course, that was right around the time WKRP uh, came on the airwaves. So Perfect. Yeah. Do you ever think about that when you were on the air? Like, okay, you know, I could be talking to the next me that could be driving a truck right now hmm. out in the middle of Moncton or something right now. Do you ever think about that? I've I had a, a lot of opportunity to help a lot of people um, kind of find their way and find their voice. Hmm. Um, one of the things I was most proud of in some ways is uh, I trying to find a – a guy to talk about cars, you know, found a guy who was a print guy and I, we started chatting on the radio and it was really rewarding when he started putting on his bio that he did a radio show too. So, you know, there's something a little bit cool about giving somebody some of what really kind of gave me an audience and gave me a, a chance to connect with people. How, how long do you think it, it took you to build up your audience? You know, you're a well-known name around here. Like, you know, you'll get brought up at the dinner table every now and then. But, you know, back when I was 15, 16 years old, it's like, I don't know, I didn't know who you were. But in the mm. past 10 years, of course, I knew who you were. So at what point do you think the, the popularity started to come on? And why do you think the popularity came on? Uh, that, that's a that's a great question. I mean, radio is about ratings. That's a process. That's kind of a, well, if you want to look at it, it's an analog process. Literally, people are mailed out diaries. So having a true sense of what the audience is based on what the numbers are and how that system works, it's never really reflective. You know, people are listening online. People are listening, you know, outside of that environment. Or the thing about people who listen to talk radio is uh, they're probably not going to do too many surveys. They're not kind of. They're not really in that mindset. You know what? C100 number one for a reason, or, or Q104 is number one for a reason, because the system that measures them. And granted, they have a good audience. They have a lot of people who really like what they do. Um, so for for our situation, I I wouldn't really know. Of course, numbers would come in, and ratings would come in, and we tried to grow them. And ultimately, one of the best ratings periods we had was in this past year at the station that I was at. But they said it's an anomaly that it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's it's too good in a way wow. so they ended up trying to average it out with other years so 
the years that w- the radio station didn't have as many listeners, they said, okay, that's more normal. But the year it was big, they said, well, we really can't trust that. And then this year they said, or this fall, they said, we don't even have enough people who want to participate in this process to, to actually hold ratings in Halifax. What do you mean they don't trust this? If the ratings are great, what, what does that Well, mean? they just said it's an anomaly and, you know, it's a statistical analysis and they can say, well, it wasn't like this and now it is and we can't explain it. Yeah, well, like it's just all of a sudden now they get the good ratings, right? Everybody's listening because we're talking about what everybody's living, right? Yes. And they just... It's the fastest way to get the information. But for whatever reason, uh, that just did not translate to... And again, I'm, I can't speak for the company I work with. That's no. just sort of what I saw from, you know, a thousand feet... You know, it'd be great to have uh, a, a true reflection of who's listening and where they are and what they're doing. Yeah, I, I don't know if that exists. Yeah, because the, the, the whole radio game, you know, finding out who that audience is. I, don't, you know, I know who our audience is, you know, male 1835. Mm-hmm. I think there's some great, you know, analytics out there for us to look at it. Yeah. But when, you know, when a kid is sitting at a red light with his dad and he's listening to Sheldon McLeod, like technically that's your audience. You know, there's yeah. a kid right there who's 15 that goes, you know, maybe... You know, maybe I do want to get into radio. Maybe what Sheldon McLeod's saying about, you know, the Halifax Mooseheads or about this politician, maybe I'll look into that and go on cbc.ca and look into that. Like, you have some influence, mm. but I think mm. it's a, it, it's a, it's an audience that is, I don't know, it's, it's just an audience that... So broad. Yeah, not broad, but just almost random, and things can happen at a fluke because the, the radio can... I remember sitting at Scotiabank when I first uh, mm. got out of university, and, uh, you know, s- some of the conversations that would come on the radio to people that wouldn't necessarily listen to you or to anyone else in Halifax, mm-hmm. some of the ideas that would pop up, I'd go on, you know, Bobby Mack would say something, I'd go home and research it and look into it, go on the Q104 website, something like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I find there's an element of, I don't know, randomness to it, but they can help you out in a sense that... Randomness too, like if you're going through stations, space. Like if you can, if how often are you going through a station going, no, no, don't like that song, don't like so that yeah, song, well, yeah. and then you end up on, oh, what did I, I heard, just like a keyword that somebody, mm-hmm. you know, was interested in, like if, if, oh, if you did say mooseheads and everyone was like, oh, mooseheads, like, yeah. then you stay on there and then the next topic comes up and you like that and you're like, shit, you know, I'll listen to this tomorrow, yeah. and that's, it is super random like that. That's definitely how I stumbled upon it. Definitely. There is a difference between broadcasting and narrowcasting. What's narrowcasting mean? Narrowcasting is podcasting. You know your audience. You pack, They know what to expect. They might okay, not yeah. know you know, what the guest is going to say, but they they come to you because they know what it is that you yeah. deliver. Yeah. Uh, broadcasting is literally that. There's a transmitter, and anyone who has a receiver can hear it. And that's Broad. you know, what, what radio is. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know... How that works with what's happening with the internet, with what's happening with the, the advertising dollars. I mean, just look to newspapers and Kijiji came along and then all of a sudden there were no newspaper classifieds. You know, that used to be a huge way for them oh, to yeah. make money, right? And then that changed. So they have, newspapers have to reinvent themselves. Radio, I don't know what the future is for radio, but clearly there's something going on that companies, major corporations are buying up podcasting companies and looking mm-hmm. at that as a way to diversify their audiences and get a piece of what's happening, which is, you know, people like yourselves. You don't need a transmitter and a license from the government in order to say, say I have a position on something or I have an interest in this and I want to do it. That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> Where's your head at right now? What are, you, what are you thinking? Like when you wake up this morning, what are you thinking? Uh, that I had a chat with you guys. 
Um, I had another meeting before this um, that I've got a bunch of uh, hardwood flooring that my wife has ordered who says, uh, she, hey, you you can't take another job till you get that floor laid. <laughs> She's loving it. She's like, oh, nice. He's going to be home. Uh, she is absolutely happy to have her hus- hus- husband back. Well, during the pandemic, I was home anyway, so I was able to cook and you know all that stuff. Um, and then obviously I went back to work and she is a, a very successful real estate agent, realtor uh, in Bridgewater and no way. Life has been blessed on that front for me um, that what was uh, a need to make enough money to cover the bills, that changed over time. That yeah. it became a way for me to have a passion that I could use the platform that I was given and kind of try and elevate other people. Do you find your mindset change when you said it kind of evolved into like, you know, started out with this has to be done, I have to do this, but now it's more of a passion. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're still paying bills with the money, but when it becomes a passion, I feel like everything just kind of loosens up. It becomes, an, a, you know, almost normal to you instead of like, got to go do this and then go home. Yeah, but get into a routine that yeah. you don't have to worry about. That uh, is, that world that I was in for six years and four years prior to that and even 10 years before that was every day worried about and learning and concerned about and and compelled to and desire to ask questions and to try and make sense of things right. you know it's a this is a very complicated planet we live in and people who strive for simple easy explanations are kind of missing the point because it is it's messy it is it's not easy to to really figure out what the hell is happening on this planet so it was about curiosity and i had questions and i was lucky enough that people would take my call and but six years solid of you know I'd get home and my wife so who was on the show today I, I really don't remember I'm not lying because I'm booked I'm I tell me ask me about tomorrow I can tell you what's on tomorrow but today no idea. I had to move on from today after when that interview is over I'm moving on to the next conversation not to say I didn't take anything away from it yeah but so right. it's 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 kind of nice not knowing that Joe, uh, Joe Biden's dog issued a statement <laughs> because Joe Biden tripped over his dog. I saw the statement and I said, what the hell what? is this about? So, of course, you know, I had to go find out. Oh, so he tripped over his dog and he broke his foot on Saturday. I'm glad I don't have to care about really, what happened though. last yeah, week. you do have to care. That's your, yeah, back in the, yes, okay. I understand in order to saying. talk about what people are thinking yeah. about or think about what people yeah. are talking about, yeah. I have to pay attention. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I... I got I've got some extra capital that I don't have to spend on paying attention. She'd probably be a pretty good actor then if you're gonna pretend to like things all that time, you know. Well, I, didn't, well, I won't say I didn't pretend to like them, but it's it's certainly a whole different world when I I have to know because you you never know when the next question will come up or what the next yeah. where somebody and I said this yesterday to someone um, because they said what's the most important thing about talk radio and I said listening, like if you're not if you're not hearing what your guest is saying, you're just waiting for your chance to talk. You're, you're going to miss something. You're dead. You're going <laughs> to miss something. You're going to miss an opportunity to sh- turn the spotlight around, to, to give that person. Uh, one of the biggest accomplishments I felt over the last number of years of people who said, A, um, you made this so easy to talk on the radio. Well, it wasn't. It was a conversation with me. And I really don't like people. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest here. I'm not, yeah. like, I'm not a people person in that way. Um, my wife, on the other hand, that's who she is. Like she gets into an elevator with someone by the time that, by the time the doors open, they're exchanging addresses for Christmas cards. That's just who she is. For me, it's like, man, don't talk to me. Please nobody else be in here. Yeah. And and, and so this uh, afforded me the opportunity. A lot of people would come up to me and you know, they just want, they think they know you. 
yeah. kind of like this person who said, well, how do you know I'm listening? Yeah. And, and they'll pick up on a conversation that I had the, the day before. And my wife would say, who is that? And I would say, I have no effing idea. No clue. That would uh, but, be weird. But, but people, do I, will I miss that? Well, probably some of the little, you know, vanity inside of me will say yes. Yeah. But the other part of me that doesn't like people would say, Whew. Yeah, dodge the bullet. We're good. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You don't have to, like, get out there say political statements, you know. You, you get to sit back, relax, and, and kind of look at life for what it is rather than just putting all of your ideas out there. It's nice. I guess I'm kind of stuck in that world for a bit, though. If this company's going to go on, i got to keep sharing ideas. So do you. So do you guys. <laughs> but you guys that, keeps, that? that keeps the pressure on us. So, you know, like, mm. we're starting to get to that point right now where, you know, we were, we're a little company. We're small. We're starting to grow. Yeah. But I find mm. the more, you know, opinions we put out there, the more uh, videos we do with my face, his face, these guys, yeah. the more the company grows, to be honest with you. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a balance for us. I know exactly what you're saying. You, me and dudes will go to the rink and we'll, we'll have to talk to a couple guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, we're, you know, we're trying to live stream. We're busy. We have things to do. But we have to take that 30 seconds to a minute to talk to that person and be like, hey, that's great. How are you doing? What school do you go to? Where do you play? And we find those little interactions help the company grow tremendously. But don't get me wrong. There's a part of me that's like, I got to go. I got to work. I'm sorry. You're a great person, but I, I got to go. I'm sorry. But same thing. I, I understand what you're saying. But it's a it's a weird balance because the more you do it and the more you put yourself out there, the more statements that you give, mm-hmm. it grows. You know, it's a, you know what I mean by the balance. I I, I think I got to sense what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. Saw, you're doing it for the past. <laughs> somebody the other day, um, and I, I love this man to death. Adam Baldwin was uh, playing a set a couple of weeks ago before the damn lockdown, the second lockdown happened. <laughs> And he was on stage and he likes to tell stories between the songs and he was sharing this story about, you know, his dad being a retired RCMP officer and this story about caskets and cocaine being smuggled. And all of this, he said, you know, I I know I just told a story nobody asked for. Now I'm going to play a song nobody knows. But he said, what I've learned over my life is that the more honest and open I am, the more people respond to it. Absolutely. So you don't have to be controversial. You don't have to, you know, scream bloody blue murder in order to be passionate about what you're talking about. And if you can have a conversation with, with, with somebody and as it's as I said before, interested is interesting. If they're interested and you're interested, it's going to be interesting. If you're talking about something that they're passionate about, people pick up on that. They know it's genuine. They know it's real. Yeah, it's not forced then, right? It's it's more of like a, just a, literally a conversation. Just like you said, it's not like, uh, uh, okay, uh, moving on to the next thing, uh, moving on to the next thing. You're literally just taking points from what they're saying and adding to a, the whole scenario, right? How, how long did it take you to learn that lesson? It took me probably up till last year to learn it. Mm-hmm. How, how long did it take you to learn that lesson? Uh, when I said I, I had not done a talk show before, uh, in Bridgewater for 10 years, there was a show on every Sunday that was a news magazine program. Okay. That was essentially an hour that I had to fill in order to meet the CRTC requirements. That's condition of license. It's The, the broadcast industry is, is full of rules and, and things like 35% Canadian content, all of these things. One of them was this wow. one-hour news magazine program which I immediately became responsible for. So I had to each week find guests, people in the community to talk to, to fill an hour. And that's how it started. That's tough. Was just to fill an hour. So, But it moved from that to conversation. So it, once I started realizing that 10 minutes would go by in, in a blink of an eye, if people were really interested in what they were talking about and really engaged with what it was they were saying, it, it, it's not work. Think about all the people you've had to cut off. 
over the years just like they're so passionate about what they're saying even just to like anything that you were talking about or even in the open hours mm-hmm. that you're literally just like I, I have to take another caller but they keep making good points so yep. it's like I you hear, know you, I you hear, prolong it right I hear it in your voice on the radio I can hear it oh she he wants to cut him off because he knows he has to get to something else he knows it. and you can hear that uh, you can hear it mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a, it comes through the speakers clearly they know though the people yeah I don't think some of them do though some of them are oblivious oh yeah Definitely, man. I get a good chuck. I get a good kick out of a lot of people that call in. Like I don't remember any of the names. I know for sure that you have like your set callers that like call every day. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, there's one old, older lady and she calls in all the time. And sometimes she's like bang on, and then other times I'm listening and I'm like, what happened? Like yeah. she just went completely the other way. But everyone knows, even Rick Howe too. She calls him, mm-hmm. and they oh, you guys always know that it's oh, okay. It's this person. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So how do you like? I guess I'll ask you this. Have you ever caught yourself, you know, almost being too passionate the other way on somebody? Like when you were younger, starting out, like mm-hmm. if you're, the conversation is super engaging, but you just like, you almost disagree with the person. Do you ever get yourself in that scenario where you got in trouble on the radio for that? I can't give you an example of where that would happen. No, no? I can't think of that. I mean, I have had people on who I knew had a different opinion than I did. Right. But I figure at the very least, I invited you into my space I'm not going to be a dick about it. Mm. True. Uh, but there are times where, you know, you could, you make your argument. I'll make mine. Well, And at the end of it, you're not going to convince me any differently. I'm not going to change your mind. So what are we doing? Well, hopefully learning from each other. That, that That's kind of how I viewed the whole. Good for you, man. That would be tough. Like, I keep asking these questions about, like, controversy and, and pushing back on people, So which means, obviously, I'm just not good for talk radio. The, 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 well, well, no, hey, yeah. there's, the, some people find that it works for them. Right. You know, and somebody I know has said, crazy equals ratings. You might be right, but is that the audience you want to build? Yeah, exactly. Is that the kind of, is that how you want to be remembered? Because you can easily sit here right now and talk about politics for 30 minutes, the video, put it on Facebook, and then have 100 people comment. Oh, well, yeah. That's great, but to what end though? Exactly. Like, what are they? Why are they it, calling? Or why are they commenting? That that yeah, you know that that's what I mean. And not at least I know I struggle with it. You know, not the controversial yeah. conversation, but like you know the the political aspect of it. Like when I hear you talk about politics or someone on the radio, mm. I'm like I couldn't do that. I couldn't because there's too many points that someone else might make. Someone else might make that I can't back up. Maybe I just don't know the the world well enough. But I don't know. So that's what it, I was, it was just. It's always something I, I I've worried about on this podcast. Someone bringing up politics, and I'm sitting here going, "I got nothing." I felt the same way about sports, dude. Do you? Okay, <laughs> that's okay. why he had the full disclaimer at the beginning. Oh, that, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I said. <laughs> sports goes sports, man. You have any questions about sports? Uh, I know more than I'll let on, but I really have no passion for it. That that's it's as simple as that. If, if the people who do well talking about sports or doing sports, yeah. that that's their passion and they love it. Mm-hmm. Good on you. But it's like religion. Don't throw it down my throat. Yeah, for sure. And there's there's all kinds of things like that that people are just like, what do you mean you don't like this? Or like, yeah. what do you mean you're not a sports fan? It's just like, that's just not what I do. So you never like played a sport growing up or anything? <laughs> oh, I hey? did. Oh, no, I did. Oh, you did? I, play? I played, I I was never good skater. I, I moved around too much to ever put the time in. So uh, <laughs> basketball, soccer, uh, football, and then I realized I hated running. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, so after that, um, you know, I kind of moved into- I hated running. Uh, volleyball and uh, curling. I curled with uh, George Canyon. We went to high school together. George Canyon, eh? Who's George Canyon? What? <laughs> You're serious? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that not? Oh, this is. Is he a sports figure? No, I mean he's no. a country singer. He's he's, he's a big guy. deal in Canada. Guy. From Pictou County. He's from Pictou County. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Home of the best pizza ever. Pictou Sam's. County. 
Well, we can fight over that now. Or, or, or the, all Acropole. the chains. Acropole, Abercrombie, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I know, I know. That's a touchy, it's I know. It's a brown sauce, baby. You know, I used to rent from the guy that came up with that brown sauce. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got a Sam story. George Kuyas. Yep. Lovely man. Yep. I've heard they used to have to give away slices at the beginning to get people to taste their pizza. Like, maybe, I think, I don't know. Maybe long before. My I... old man's a fossil right now, and oh, he was he telling me that. So, you yeah. know, who knows how long ago that was. Well, he, 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 he tells stories. Great stories. Who? Your old man. Oh, that's all he does. He was part of, uh, he, he he played my wedding. Him, him and the band. Played Joyride? Me. No, they, they were different. Ba- well, they're actually, they were called, what are you doing on the 15th of August? <laughs> what? No. Seriously, yeah. I had a, a few friends who came together and <laughs> uh, Bruce White was the bass player. Right. Uh, Spider McDonald, another Pictou County singer was there. Uh, Paul Topper was guitar player. Topper. That's it, baby. Yep. That's crazy. Did you even know that? No, I didn't know that, man. Literally, the only reason I even knew that our families knew each other was because I called into the show one day. It was the Sick Boy podcast. Mm. Those guys were in there and they're oh, my yeah, buddies. Yeah. Yep. So I called in and I was thrown off. She's like, what's your name? And I was like, oh, shit. So I just said dudes. And mm. then McGilvery, I think, he was like, dudes. He's like, doodle And then I think the bell went off in your yeah, head. And yep. then you ended up telling me right then and there. And then Jay texted me. Yeah. And he and after or no, he responded to me. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, man, he was my best man at my wedding." Yeah. And vice versa. I was like, "What?" I was there the night he met Sherry. Been listening to this guy for a decade, and no <laughs> one wanted to tell me. Sherry Bear, yeah, I was there the night they met. Salt of the earth. Oh, absolutely. You say Sweet. crazy in ratings. That's what I immediately thought of Jay. <laughs> well, so you that's met a Mark different... too. Yeah, oh yeah, Mark okay. when he was working in Halifax. I haven't really chatted with him since then, but yeah, it's a small world. Is it ever, man? How many moments do you have like that in your career? Like, what? Really? You guys, you know this guy? I know this guy. He's, that guy's your best man. You, you know, like, th- it happens every now and then. This is a perfect example. But having a career in it, it must happen. The last uh, example I could give you was uh, this guy who now works as a communications guy with uh, Nova Scotia Health Authority. Obviously, I've been talking to these guys be- for, since the pandemic and before. Yeah. Uh, and I'd mentioned to him, uh, he's like, hey, man, I I know everything's coming to an end. Sorry to hear that. You've been great to work with. And I said, yeah, it's a long way from when you showed me the dark room at the newspaper in New Glasgow. And he was like, shit, I don't even remember that. He said, I, that that had to be 1991 when I got out of broadcast, when he, he got out of journalism school. I said, well, yeah, that'd be about right. So <laughs> You I mean, remember it vividly, too. Oh, hell yeah. What's I'm, a dark room? <laughs> you know, back when they had film for cameras, <laughs> yeah, yeah. newspapers had their own developing suite they had a room that was dark here you go because they had to develop the film with chemicals and you couldn't have any light exposure oh yeah and you hang it from something you hang it from uh, a, that would be yeah, what I've you'd see that. in the movies those yeah, i was just things. gonna say it's a movie yeah. thing uh, so it used to be real life oh yeah. i know a bunch about film with johnny right he wants to keep me in tune with all that stuff so nice you mentioned Sam's Pizza out in Picto. Mm-hmm. I remember back when I played junior A, well, maybe you too, but if there wasn't Sam's Pizza on the bus when we got off yeah. out of the rink and it wasn't on the bus, there was an uproar. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was an uproar. It's the best. Did, uh, did your landlord give you the recipe to the brown sauce? No, I have a copy of a recipe. And I don't know, because people share the shit, and they said, I think it's right. And a buddy of mine said, I don't think it's right because it's got flour in it. Well, I'm kind of a food guy, and I said, well, that makes sense. It's a roux. It's a what? It's a, if you ever notice when you heat up the pizza, the brown sauce, it's like gravy. Because it's like gravy. It actually has flour in it. Yeah, it's a roux. That's why it's not (laughs) gluten-free. Well, it wouldn't taste good then if it was gluten free. Hey, gluten—that's where all the flavors are. That's exactly right. That's what I'm saying. You you cook? You're, you like? You're, oh you're, yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite dish to cook? Everybody asks that. I don't care as long as people like it. Wait, winter dish though. You know, you need something hearty. What, uh, what are you cooking? Chili all day long. Chili. But my daughter was a vegetarian, so I used to cut the meat into cubes. 
because she can't pick you can't pick out hamburger, dude. So she would it's chili, she, right? So she would eat. <laughs> she would take the meat. She wouldn't eat that. Now she's full on. She's not a veggie anymore. So I was going to ask if she's no, still. No, no, no. Ham dinner in, I think. Ham? Well, like a Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, yeah, yeah. She, was, she just was like, no, I'm done. This yeah, is it. Pretty I'm much. This. Yeah. Bacon was a, a tempter, but it was ham that put her over the edge. I find bacon is always the tempter because my girlfriend's a vegetarian. Oh, and that's every, same with mine. Every time. And you know no how, like, other meat comes up except for bacon. She's like, man, I want to eat bacon right now. Just reminded me of, you know how you, know how you can tell somebody's a, a vegan, right? How? Wow. They tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they do like to let you know. They're in full effect. It's like they call it in the radio show, and they're like, "By the way, I'm a vegan." Anyways, my point. <laughs> yeah, my exactly. Point is, yeah, yeah exactly. Trudeau's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you had a lot of those calls. Oh yeah. People have opinions. Good for them. I want to ask you on that note. It's it's. This is gonna sound weird, but people call in and they expect you to have the answers just oh. because like you've been the voice for them for the yeah. last. You know, when they have an answer or a question, a lot of times you guys will cover it or you'll cover it. So it's like, do you ever feel that pressure of like someone brings up a point that maybe? you don't know 100% and you're just kind of like, shit, like, okay, now I'm into it. 100%. That happened earlier on. I had uh, someone who called me and he said something about a position or what do you think of that? Right. And I seriously thought about it for a second and said, you know what? I can't answer you right now. He said, because I need to think about this (laughs) and I'll give you my answer when I think about it. And the guy was like, okay. Like, literally not what you're supposed to do. And I said, I don't know. Because some shit happens that you don't know how you feel about it until you think about it. Yeah. Or at least that's how it feels as as I get to be 50 years old. Coming back to that, there's times where you sit in the podcast and you freeze for a second. You don't have an answer. Mm. You got to sit and you got to think. But doing it on live radio, it's a whole other ballgame. There's something, there's a comfort, like I said at the beginning, there's a comfortability level for me. Just sitting here knowing that it's not live. No one's watching right now. We can post edit. I think it's a whole different ballgame live radio. I had a lot of people who wanted to tape, who wanted to pre-record, and I said no. Why not? You just, you don't mind the pressure? You don't uh, mind magic and mistakes? Like uh, What it, it really came down to is uh, a live three-hour radio program is a dinosaur or a rare beast, and it's not going to be around forever. Yeah. And if the more you move away from it, and again, I'm not trying to say that that medium is, is old and antiquated in any way, but what I mean by that is uh, I had three hours. Every day. I'm going to use them all, and I'm going to do it live. You're going to know that when you're listening, you're not hearing something that was pre-recorded. I, without exception, I had almost 100% of my guests live. The, the, the two examples I can give, Justin Trudeau, when he was the liberal leader before he became the prime minister. Okay. Justin Trudeau, after he became the prime minister, had to pre-tape those just because of scheduling. Availability. And Stephen Harper, when he was last, just as he was about to leave office, again, it was, I had to pre-tape it because of scheduling. You got to take, that's your chance. You have to take it. Well, you know. uh, And that's why I could very easily tell anybody else who wanted to come on the show, who wanted to pre-tape. I said, I've only done it for two people, a prime minister and a a guy who became prime minister. Where do you fit on that list? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, maybe not then. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. I'll come in. Where do you fit on that list? What's your prep game like? You know, I I used to prep really hard and come up with a bunch of questions, but Mm. coming back to what we were talking about earlier, I wasn't listening to the answer. I was just thinking about my next question. Yeah, that's why I stopped writing down questions. Again, there are some guests that I would write down questions. So prime minister, like what are you doing for Trudeau? Yeah, I'm going to write down, okay, this is my, here are the things I have to hit and what'll happen in between. Whatever he offers up in between, I'm going to, I have room to move 
within, but I have to hit these because I only have so much time. Yeah. Uh, prep would be, you know, normally an interview would be booked based on, you know, something happened in the news, somebody's a newsmaker or something happened to them. Uh, so I have an e- either an article, an online article or a social media post or something yeah. that is my jumping off point because people would say, can you give me a list of your questions? Yeah. To which I would say, uh, sure, give me a list of your answers first, and I'll match them up. And no, it's, it's, it's a conversation. So I, I'd have, you know, it's rough math, but for every hour I'm on the air, I'm doing at least an hour's work to get oh, yeah? ready for it. Um, okay. The example I gave or would give is, you know, you could go to um, Larry King. Okay, Larry King used to be on the television. Larry King's got now a podcast. Larry King's 800 years old. but He's, he's a legend. A, he's a legend. Uh, he used to brag, say he did no prep for any of his guests, which is a 100% bullshit lie. What he did is he never stopped reading. So he would read something and go, book that guest. Well, you didn't read it after you booked him. You booked him because of what you read. So right. yeah, you didn't really do the research about him, but that's why you've that's why you're talking to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, 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 it's how you sell it, right? So yeah, for the most part, I, I didn't I didn't have questions written out. I didn't start that way. Um, I think what I noticed the people who did that and people who'd fill in, they get hung up on what their what the next question was, yeah. and 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 they weren't here. They didn't hear. Yeah. Somebody gave them. Somebody gave them an opportunity. Nardwar. That's a guy who's Nardwar, the interviewer. Go look him up. Oh, tr- trust me, I've been down a rabbit hole with Nardwar. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he what his Gil said he's an amazing interview because he goes back to not the not the ESPNs, not the major newspapers. He'll go to a community newspaper or a school paper <laughs> or an interview that somebody does on a college radio station because the chances of them giving the same answers to the big guys pretty good. Pretty cuz everybody gets into the little groove and they get their little patter and they yeah. have their stories, right? Yeah. But he would find something in an interview that no one else knew. Other than, and most times the person that he was interviewing who didn't even remember saying it and it would Smart. it would open the door to something that no one expected other than people who knew he had a habit of doing that he was called like school principals like elementary school yep. like, yeah, but he made a career off ask. It. yeah he'd be like so so what was uh ted's convenience store and the artist would just be like that's the convenience store i went to when i was five years old yep. and then he's like so how's mr barry doing he's like mr barry that's the guy who worked there i don't know he's good like it yep. just shocked the hell out of these artists it, it's incredible it's unconventional as you call yeah, it yeah but the research and like the, the the time spent putting into the questions is yeah and that gave no one can match that 10 to 20 minutes of gold right oh gold yeah. so how much prep work is that guy doing right in comparison well, to that's larry it, right? there but he's only doing one guest every couple of weeks. Yeah, like, <laughs> not true. Uh, th- for an hour for three hours a day. True, five yeah, days I guess. A week. Fair enough. Oh, it's a big yeah. difference. Yeah, they're they're incredible. And each guest leads to another guest. Like I think he did Pharrell, and then Pharrell got him to like Jay Z, the biggest rapper at the time in the world. Like, and it's connection. Another great interview is uh, interviewer is uh, Sean uh, from Hot Ones. Uh, what the hell? Oh is his yeah, last? yeah, yeah. I forget his but, last name. But he's another guy that that you have an amazing team of researchers, and by that I mean he's the guy that digs this stuff up yeah. and really has a passion for researchers, it. Researchers, yeah. they call it, to that, be nice about it. Yeah. The diggers. Yeah, yeah that's them. The yeah. muck and grinders. Makes the difference. If you have that little bit of information and you can shock the guest, you get the guest eyebrows to go up, hmm. that person will talk about, you know, how much fun would it be to talk about your old elementary school and talk about things that you completely forget about? That's the magic right there. And it catches you so off guard, too, that you just answer how, however it comes to you, yes. you know? Andrew there's no Hot thought process. Too. It makes, you know, there's, there's different, like, the broadcast game... Can I say broadcasting for podcasts? Is that broadcasting? Sure. Yeah, broadcasting? There's no rules, man. No, no rules. rules. Exactly. That was narrow casting. 
Oh, yeah, Narrowcasting. Podcasting. There's no rules. You can call what you want. I remembered. That's what I, that's what I kind of like about it, the no rules thing. You know, there's no rules. I can, get a, I can put a hot plate of hot chicken wings in front of you. And oh, ask we're going to eat, man? No, no, no. no. The, uh, the budget isn't I that wish. big here. <laughs> the budget's not that big. But you know what I mean? The like, budget. Uh, yeah, there's no budget. <laughs> the budget went into the tables and mics. But I don't know. Like, if you look at YouTube, I'll, yeah, I'll go, like I said, I go down a rabbit hole with Nardwire. I'll go mm. down a rabbit hole of, uh, you know, just anyone that's on the internet when it comes to a microphone and a camera. You don't necessarily have to do a podcast. You don't necessarily yeah. have to do a, a radio show. You can do absolutely anything. So the, the question is, when I asked you where your head's at for the mm-hmm. future, that's what I meant. Where's your head at yep. for the future? Are you even thinking about it? You're just worried about the hardwood floor right now. Uh, it's it's <laughs> worried about the hardwood hardwood floor. Um, and again, I, I've, I've been speaking with people, and I'm, I'm not going to say anything to uh, jeopardize those conversations. But, you know, f- for the most part, uh, people are very supportive, uh, and people are very interested in hearing what will happen next. No doubt. And I also know that uh, my previous employer had placed some conditions on me when I left. So that's kind of the business that you're in. Uh, Only in that, you know, I have an agreement, I have a contract, and, you know, there's certain provisions within that contract that preclude preclude me from saying certain things. And I'm I'm not, that's not how I was. It's not how I ended it. And I certainly had the opportunity. That was a bizarre, most bizarre exit I've ever had in which I was called into a meeting that I knew what was going to happen. A meeting with other people? I was called into a meeting with the boss and the HR person that they were going to tell me that my job was over. Did you know going in? I did, absolutely. How? Well, when I had the note the night before that said, you need to attend this very important meeting tomorrow at 9.30, my text message to my boss was, oh, man, they're letting me go. Uh, did you respond? No, not immediately, so I knew it was true. And then when he did true. respond, it was, uh, I can't say anything till tomorrow morning at 9.30. So there it is right there. So I, you know, it's like I'm paying attention. I, I, I've been watching what's going on. So anyways, uh, and I can't talk too much more about that other than to say I went in fully prepared that I had already worked my last shift. I went in fully expecting them to say, you're no longer needed. Thank you for your time. But instead they said, we are parting ways. Your last day is the 27th. And that means I had, that was a Tuesday morning. I was going to ask you that. All the shows that, you know, they said, you can take today off. I said, well, if you're going to make me work till next Friday, like a week from this Friday, I might as well work today. No, 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 no. Take today off. Well, obviously they did that for their own reasons. Uh, so I basically went back to my desk, called every guest that I was supposed to have that day and say, can you come on tomorrow instead? And uh, so I, I had an opportunity to kind of say goodbye on my own terms. I, it was like, yeah, it was like your, the, the, the farewell tour. You know what I mean? Uh, Everyone I, I, was congratulating you and all that <laughs> stuff on the radio. It was awesome. It was, but in many ways it felt like I was at my own wake. I bet. Uh, and that's why I kept posting. I'm not dead yet. Uh, <laughs> but the closest I'll ever come to being able to see the support from people in that way. Because normally the way that that business works is, thank you, goodbye, your last show was yesterday. Mm. Uh, so that you didn't ha- I Hell, I, I invited other radio hosts who were shit-canned the same way on my show so they could say goodbye. Yeah. And a few people noted noticed that. Brotherhood. Hey, uh, well, that was a woman, but yeah. Yeah, that's, it falls under the same. Okay, hey, I'm I'm old fart. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, no, literally, I did the math, and uh, I've been on sitting in a room talking to myself through a microphone with my voice going out over a transmitter over five different decades. I'm only fifty, but it just you do the math, and it kind of works out. So, do you have the ratings from the last show? Do you know how many people are tuned in? No idea. No idea. I'd like to know that. Yeah, I don't know. Th- I don't think they know. I remember we were stuck in traffic on the way out to Bridgewater, and I just wasn't 
I didn't care. I was like, I'll sit in this car till it's over. Yeah. Then the, what, what happened? The, oh, the, the, the premiere doctor... till it's over. Yeah, they, they came back. Yeah, somebody says it's kind of like Sopranos. It just ended, which That's is good. It, yeah. It they... was actually, I was as pissed as I was uh, that they were going to do a COVID update on my last show. I even I even sent an email to the comms people say, hey, please, can you put them on in the morning instead? And they were like, oh, I like I have that power, right? Yeah. And, uh, and they were like, well, no, but they like to have it done early. It's Friday. Well, they moved it from 1 o'clock because there were a bunch of cases yeah. to 3 o'clock. But that was a hell of a lot better for me because I don't know if I'd have been able to stop and then start again. And then it was the easiest thing in the world just, to just say, sorry, Todd, the beer dude, the premier took your time again. Goodbye. Blame on him. Was that your last word, goodbye, or thank you? I, th- I, I think, think it was thank you. Thank you. But yeah. I, I haven't gone back to listen. I don't know if I will. No, it was great. It was, you it will was, eventually. It was great. Uh, Definitely. I think it was great. You'd have to. It was, And I like how you said Sopranos because I thought of Sopranos as well. Yeah, a few Sopranos. people pointed out. Um, and I, I know you asked about producers and people that helped out. Mm. And one of the big turning points for me in the last two and a half years, um, producer Matt, Matt Brand, uh, I got to hire um, I, I had b- wonderful producers over the years, but I, I explicitly told Matt I didn't want to hire him because he was too good. And I said, I want to bring up the production value. That's not what I, I've not been able to do that since I've been here. I've not had someone who can push the buttons and bring in the music and do, do what I think mm. this is really what this could be. And he said two things. One was, Hey, that's flattering. And two, you really, really, um, underestimated my laziness i'm not going anywhere if i get this job i'm not i'm not looking for other work so i he really helped make it fun and he really brought that back for me because for a while radio it 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 was serious and it was heavy and you know when you're talking to people about shit in their lives that that can that can be you know i know exactly what empathy burnout is all about yeah you know empathy fatigue like i i'm i'm sorry i'd love to care and then the second, <laughs> but the second last show, I had a letter from someone who said, listen, uh, my, my father's an RCMP veteran and this person was in Ontario and they said he's being evicted uh, because they don't understand his PTSD and because of how he's reacting with the world around him, he's getting kicked out of his apartment. And somebody else I know, so I knew two people. And I said, I can't not do something. I can't not mention this. Mm. So I brought a couple of guests on, one from Vets Canada, Peter Stauffer, the MP, former MP, who very much was a victim, uh, you know, a veteran's advocate. And we talked about it. And I just took a call from the guy, one guy, and he said, they reversed my eviction. I'm not getting kicked out now. Because um, of the, what? Because you brought it up. Because there was a conversation about it, because the landlord heard it, because they knew we didn't recognize what was happening, that there was a blind spot that we had, and it was not recognizing what somebody going through PTSD has gone through. So, that's I'll, incredible. The, that's... Those more those moments were rare, but I'm, I'm glad to have had the opportunity. So, is it on you then to pick the guest? Because you said yep. when you didn't go in that day. I think it was Tuesday or whatever. Yep. Yeah, now you have to call mm-hmm. the guests and ask them to come on tomorrow. Would you not have had guests lined up for the next day already? Oh, I did, I, I but I was able to move things around. And so I, that's all on you. You find the yep. guests, you pick the topics. I, there there were many times where the producer would help and do, you know, book one or two guests, but for the most part, it was 100% me, but not, again, I'm not trying to downplay their role because mm-hmm. they were there mm-hmm. as a support in the studio mm-hmm. as much as trying to support me off the air. I want to so. ask you, kind of odd question, not really, I don't care. 
you said you're not a people person, but you know, for a job, you talk to people all day, all mm. long. You know, and I think I think one of your qualities is you make everyone that you talk to, not everyone, but a good portion of people, almost seem like they're your buddy. I think you, you have that great mm. quality of going, hey, you know, how are you? you welcoming, have that welcoming. That's a great word. Mm-hmm. But you said you're not a, a people person. How, what's your What's your friend group like? How many friends do you have? How many people do you call up on a day? You know, like, hey, how are you, Bill? Like, what's going on? What's that side of your life? Your circle. Like? What's your circle like? Uh, like? How many people could you grab a beer with and just know? I have a pretty tight circle. Do you? Um, a few friends, obviously family, very important. Mm. Um, but for the most part, you know, when I go home, I, I called it a successful weekend if I didn't have to leave the house. Okay. Yeah. I agree. And just like my dad. And <laughs> Montreal's playing. I'm sitting down having red wine. <laughs> and if people are coming over and I'm feeding them, all the better, man. Okay. All the better. That's why I said. If I'd never own a restaurant, because you'd eat what the hell I put in front of you. <laughs> That if if I was gonna do that, you'd eat what I put on. The f- You're not sending it back. That's no, for sure. well you can. <laughs> it's it's all you can eat, and that's all you can eat. <laughs> See, I, now I know you've had a conversation with my old man. That sounded just like oh, that's unreal. I like that. That's awesome. That's I, fuck. I was gonna ask a wicked electrifying question. I forgot because we went on something else, just like always. Yeah, this, I like the social aspect of things. You know, uh, some of my best friends, they you know they love high button sports, but mm. it's not like they're gonna be going out of their way to like. You know, oh, Justin, your radio show, your podcast was great today. Like, I kind of like that they just, you know, they do their own thing. And mm-hmm. when I see them on the weekends and we have some beers, we don't talk about work. We just talk about life. We don't, it's nothing like that, you know. I, I kind of like that about this job and the friends that I have. Because we can definitely get into times where people will message us, be like, hey, let's grab a beer. And you know that all they want to talk about is the company and what's going on with the company. But it's mm-hmm. nice to get away and have that small group of friends that it's just, hey, how's life, man? What's going on? Did you see that game last week? I yeah. love that. Yeah. No, that's, I, nice. th- that's part of the reason why when when I got the invitation from you, I had another invitation from another guy who does his own podcast. And I thought, at the very least, um, this is a community of people who have a passion just like I did. You know, a little different that, um, you know, you're not spinning tunes and trying to hit the post in between. Hitting the post. <laughs> hitting the post. Learned that in school. And uh, it's a different world now. I, I recognize that. And at the very least, uh, you know, yeah. it's a chance for me to kind of connect and see what the hell you guys are doing. Yeah, steal your yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah, you can come over here anytime and talk. Absolutely anytime. I appreciate that. I really you do. Know, until you, after you get the hardwood floor in, if you need help, <laughs> we can mic you up putting the hardwood floor in or something. <laughs> Drop a couple F-bombs. That'd be fine. Uh, that'd be sweet. We'll get some content for you. How much time are we at right now, Mark? An hour and one minute. You, you ever done hardwood before? That's a personal question, my son. It is. We'll <laughs> save for after him. hours. <laughs> right, According well, to the wife you, you have, eh? Uh, Tell well, her. Hey, what can I say? <laughs> now, actually, I did do that for a while. I did have that as a, a job helping somebody out a long time ago. So it's it's something I have done in the past. Much better sitting and talking than it is laying floor, I loved not working for a living. It was an amazing, amazing career that way. I, because I liked it and I enjoyed it, uh, it wasn't really work. There were days where I hated it. Just like anything else. It's like yeah. everything else, yeah. My old man used to say that to me all the time. He's like, getting going to radio, man. The face thing, like I said, but he's like, yeah. you get to sit on your ass all day and talk. He's like, that's what you do anyways. It's like, Yeah, I don't think he meant that enough. as a compliment, my friend. I don't think he did, but it was like, you know, he's like, here, p- here's here's an avenue you can choose yeah, since you're okay. an idiot and you don't know what you're going to do. Uh, and you can live in my basement until you pay your bills. You're all good. Yeah, that didn't last long. No. <laughs> no <laughs> well, you're still back in a basement doing it. Yeah. You're still back. You got to, everybody starts. I'll sleep down here every now and then. I'll sleep on the floor somewhere. It's a yeah. roof. Hey, it is. Right. Yeah, well, Truth. Coming up on an hour here. We're gonna. Are you, you serious? Go. Yeah. Time flies. I just, I don't. I didn't think that at all. What are you doing tonight? What am I doing tonight? Um, I I don't know yet. It's it's still early. I have to actually drop off my uh, something out at my son's place. He lives out in Anfield. So. Oh yeah. 
You're going to get stuck in traffic on the way back. Uh, no. Yeah. Dude, no. Everything's shut down. There's no traffic. Uh, uh, that's a good point, actually. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, less Don't traffic. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Sheldon, thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. All right. Well, Justin. Justin and Matt. Justin. Matt, thank you. You're welcome Team. back anytime. Thanks, Mark, guys. That's Justin, too. Justin, too. That's no. Justin, too. Well, yeah, Justin, one and Justin, two. Not a great name. Doodle A, doodle B, man. <laughs> I wait to wait. Oh, man, I hope he listens. He's going to have to because then he'll be like, oh, my God. If Johnny listens, he'll be like, I'm Doodle A. <laughs> well, there was never say. a question about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We knew that. It's nice to finally meet you, man, for sure. Oh, no, hey, you guys keep doing this. Uh, there's there's a, a bright future in, in sharing stories and that's what it's always been about, sharing stories. And glad that there's somebody else waiting to, to pick that up and run with it. Absolutely. We'll end it on that. That was great. All right, guys. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for the support. Today's uh, Wednesday, hump day, halfway there. Enjoy the rest of the week. Christmas is around the corner. Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. We're out. Peace. See you Just one more time